As we round out 2022, there's still plenty of time to help fellow Oregonians in need. Our annual season of sharing fundraiser is in full force, and we have detailed stories on 13 organizations that are helping people right now. I'm Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with the Oregonian. Up next, Grant Butler, Life and Culture Editor for The Oregonian and Oregon Live. We talked about the history of Season of Sharing, four of the nonprofits we're raising money for this year, and how you can help. Here's our conversation. Grant Butler, thanks for coming back on the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me back. So Grant, we've talked about this a few times through the years, but we're right in the thick of the Oregonians' season of sharing, and I was hoping you could remind listeners what that is and kind of your role in it. Well, season of sharing is our annual fundraising campaign where we raise funds for Oregon nonprofits that are doing great work in the community. This program actually dates back to the 1930s and a program that was created by uh, the Oregon Journal, one of the the papers that uh, preceded um, the the current Oregonian Oregon Live setup. They had a Christmas stocking campaign in which they raised money every year to fill Christmas stockings for needy children in the Portland area. And that continued into the 1980s after the Oregon Journal was absorbed by the Oregonian. Um, And then it evolved into our current season of sharing campaign, which is administered by the Oregonian's charitable arm, the Oregonian Public Benefit. If it's incorporated, we partner with nonprofits both in Oregon, um, in the metro area, and in Southwest Washington. Correct? Yes, yes. Though this year's campaign, all of the org- of the thirteen organizations we're featuring are in Oregon. So okay, and um, so dating back to the eighties, um, since the um, in the current iteration with the Oregonian, but obviously back, like you said, to nineteen thirties. Um, how long have you been involved, Grant? Well, I was a writer for the season of sharing campaign for the better part of 20 years. And I always was one of the first people to volunteer because I I saw it as one of the most important things that the Oregonian newsroom does every year. And uh, just for a little perspective, you know, journalists, we like to be standoffish and think we're, you know, <laughs> we're, we're independent when it comes to the stories that we cover. But season of sharing is one of those times when we can recognize that as journalists, we are part of this community and it's something we can do to help make uh, Oregon a better place to live. Um, Earlier this year, I was offered the opportunity to become the editor of the Season of Sharing campaign, and I jumped at the chance because, as I said, I think it's one of the most important things we do as a newsroom every single year, and the the chance to direct it was just like a dream come true for me. I know having contributed myself and having spoken with my colleagues like Aaron Fentress, who covers the Portland Trailblazers, and Fedor Zarhan, who's an investigative reporter, uh, people enjoy doing these assignments. It's a really good feeling because you know that the story you write is going to generate funds that can directly help people who really need help right now. So I know in the past, like for example, when there were the Alameda fire down in my neck of the woods where I grew up down in Jackson County um, that uh, tore through um, Phoenix and Talent, we had uh, an emphasis on helping fire survivors there and elsewhere. What's the mission this year? Well, this year, because... This has been a challenging year economically for all of us with inflation. Um, We wanted to pay particular attention to families who may be facing economic hardship right now. But we also, you know, wanted to recognize that homelessness continues to be a problem in 
the Portland area and that, you know, we're in year three of this pandemic and many people have experienced some form of mental health issues um, related to isolation um, and the just the ongoing challenges of living in a, a time of a pandemic. So when our board was reviewing applications for this year's campaign, we, we paid particular attention to organizations that addressed some of those three issues. And it's worth noting that we had more than 70 organizations apply to be part of the Season of Sharing campaign. And there's normally only 12 spots. We actually stretched it a little. We have 13 this year because there were, were a couple of char- charities that deal directly with children that we just we couldn't say no to. So we, we stretched it, squeezed one more story out of the campaign this year. Well, that's great. And that's also indicative, I guess, of the scale of you know the hardship that people are facing. Yes, indeed. Before we talk about a few of the um, groups we're working with to help raise money for this year, how much did we raise last year through Season of Sharing? Last year, Season of Sharing made just north of $153,000. And it's early in the campaign, but I'm told that we're about a third of the way towards meeting or surpassing that number for this year. I have good confidence that Oregonian readers will come through. They always do. And uh, donations do tend to pick up as we get closer to Christmas. And readers do have until December 31st to donate to the campaign. Okay. This will hit your podcast feeds uh, before the holidays. So hopefully people have time to consider. Let's start with talking about a a few of these nonprofits. Can you start with Go the Distance? Um, What's that group about? This is one of the groups I'm most excited about. It was founded just in 2019. And this is a group that offers uh, 10 weekly runs for people who are in treatment centers for drug or alcohol addiction. Um, the, the idea here is that these these regular runs help people who are in recovery build their self-esteem and helps them develop some tools for dealing with the uh, the temptations of addiction by doing something really healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, people who participate in this program, um, after they've completed a certain number of runs, they get a brand new pair of running shoes. And then when they leave the recovery programs, they still can participate in runs. They have runs for uh, graduates of the recovery programs. So it's a it's a really cool new program that is helping people who are in recovery. And I, I, I'm really glad we featured it. Um, if you look at the story online, the photos that are with this are just so inspiring because you can just see the joy that's in the faces of the participants as they're as they're as they're running and um, feeling the you know the power that comes from taking good care of yourself yeah and it's also something you can do with others and there's kind of a uh, camaraderie as well yeah uh, that's built into that that's great um, can we move on to the uh, we shine initiative can you tell us about that this is an even newer organization it was founded in january of 2021 and was created to directly address the 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 homeless problem that many people in Portland are having. Um, It's a micro village of tiny houses complete with support services that when it's completely filled, will have uh, housing for 12 people. What's more important is this is a program that can be replicated and they have, they have designs on creating more micro villages through all parts of part, all parts of Portland. It's right now one micro village in East Portland, but they hope to grow and 
and grow exponentially in the next few years so that they can provide more housing for people who are, are experiencing homelessness. Um, also of note for this initial village, they're, they're, they're paying particular attention to people experiencing homelessness who are part of the LGBTQ or the BIPOC mm. communities, because these are some of the, of the folks who are most at risk when it comes to life on the streets. And um, it's just really cool. And uh, these homes look really neat. Um, I, they're brand new constructions and they're super clean and they're super compact. And we talked to a couple of the people that are that are living them. And it's just, just great to hear them talking about the security that they've felt for the first time in a long time. Yeah, no, that sounds like an important group and uh, one that uh, people should consider donating to, irrespective of the season of sharing. So another organization that is not new, like the two previous ones we spoke about that's been around for a while is the Assistance League. Why are they a part of this year's campaign? Yeah, the Assistance League of Port of Greater Portland has been around actually since 1961, so it's no newcomer by any measure. But they run a program that is so great for children. It's called Operation School Bell. And what this is, is a fundraising program where they give out vouchers to families that are experiencing financial hardship so that kids can have brand new clothes to go to school. And that may sound like a little thing, but when you go to school and you're wearing clothes that are worn out or clothes that don't fit, it becomes a detriment to focusing on learning and having new clothes and clothes that are appropriate for school um, just helps kids learn. Um, it helps them focus on, on learning. And it's just such, it's a, such a cool uh, group. It's, it's, uh, they, they run a um, consignment shop in the Beaverton area, which is where a lot of the money is raised. And, but this, this program helped um, more than 3000 kids this past fall, get new clothes for school. And I just think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a cool grassroots effort to help, to help kids. Yeah. That's 3000 kids. That's a, that's a significant amount. You just think of both the social as well as the educational benefits of that for those families. That's, uh, that's great to spread that around. Lastly, can you talk about the work that the Dougie Center does? Yeah, this is another organization that's been around for um, a while. They they were founded more than 40 years ago, and their mission is to help children who deal with grief if they have lost a member of their family. And in the last few years, it's no surprise that they have had a, an exponential uh, increase in the number of requests related to COVID. And we featured uh, the, the Lucas family in our story. And this is a family with uh, two, young, two young girls, ages one and three, who had lost their father last year to COVID right around Christmas. And the 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 cool work that the Dougie Center does is they provide um, not just not just therapy and counseling for children who have experienced the loss of a family member. They provide things like playground equipment and art projects that help kids deal with grief in their own time and in their own way. And um, you know the this is another one of those stories where you look at the photos that ran with it and it, you know, both lifts your heart and breaks it at the same time. And just hearing the powerful story of the Lucas family and how the Dougie center has helped these young girls um, ex experience grief and um, recognizes the, the importance of grief. Um, it's just really a powerful thing. 
Well, we'll share links to all of these stories in the episode notes and people can check out the photos and, and read the words um, and learn more about their mission. But those are just, you know, roughly a third of the nonprofits we're working with this year. As you mentioned, there's 13 this year. Uh, what else should people know about Season of Sharing and how to contribute? Well, as with any fundraising campaign, you know, we we love getting the big checks um, from people. And in all of our stories, we say, you know, here's what here's what you can do if you donate $100. But we love the little checks. We love the, the $5 donations because those add up so quickly. And, you know, one of the one of the um, groups we featured this year is the Dental Foundation of Oregon, which runs a program called the Tooth Taxi. And they were very specific that, you know, a $5 donation can help them give um, kids who uh, are in families having some economic problems that can provide them with, you know, several months worth of toothbrushes. And again, that may seem like a small thing, but when, you know, money is tight, some people think of, you know, dental health care as, as, an extravagance, and it's not. It should be a basic part of our healthcare system, and uh, even a small donation can help raise money for a group like that. And how can people find uh, the website? Yeah, it's OregonLive.com backslash sharing, and there's a link right at the top of that page to our GoFundMe campaign, and you can choose to donate to the general campaign, which we'll divide out to between the 13 charities, or you can donate to a specific charity if there's one that particularly tugs at your heartstrings. Well, it's a very important mission, like you said, for our newsroom. And thank you so much for leading it and for taking a few minutes to talk about a a handful of these nonprofits. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Andrew. Thanks for listening to Beat Check with You Oregonian. I shared links to stories about those four nonprofits in the episode notes, and you can read them directly at OregonLive.com slash sharing. If you like this show, give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show and tell a friend. Help spread the word. The best way to support our journalism is with a subscription to Oregon Live. You can do that at OregonLive.com slash pod support. The best way to help people around the holidays is by visiting OregonLive.com slash sharing. Until next time.